Welcome to Home But Not Alone with Tim and Sarah, where we talk about real life as a stay-at-home Catholic parent. If it's noon and you're still in your pajamas, have reheated your coffee three times, and tried to pray but got distracted, this is the place for you. Life is crazy, but through it all, remember, you're never alone. You've got God's grace and our friendship coming your way. Welcome back to Home But Not Alone. We're going to talk about movies today. Um, I like a good movie night, and my kids are having a movie night right now. Popcorn and just enjoying it. Uh, So I think a lot of times our Catholic beliefs are not represented well in movies, which is really frustrating. Um, But we want to talk about some movies that, like, do a real good job maybe representing uh, the Catholic faith or Catholic values. I have a lot of favorite Catholic movies, so we're just going to talk about a few of them today because we could just go on and on. But we'll hit just a few of those. So, hey, Tim. Hey, Sarah. So, um, you know how, like, it's it's getting dark, and you and I are recording in the evening. Okay, here's why I want to talk about this for a second before okay. we talk about movies. Okay, because it bugs me because some people I know have to deal with, and I'm sure some of you out there have to deal with this, where it's summer and the kids are like, why do we have to go to bed? It's still light out. My kids don't really have that problem. My kids have the opposite problem where the sun starts coming up at quarter to five or whatever ridiculous hour <laughs> isn't really morning. And then they're like, so I guess we're awake, right? And I'm like, no, go back to sleep. What are you crazy? And it's even worse when my wife, working long nurse hours, gets up and is leaving, and they're like, well, mom's gone, so that means the day starts, right? Like, I'm like, no, she leaves before – she has to get there at a crazy hour before patients get to the hospital. Okay, it's crazy. Anyway, or to take care of the ones who are already there. But so you like it when it starts getting dark again. I like it when it starts getting dark in the, in the uh, morning. I don't like it in the evening because then, and I've talked to people who are like, but I like it when it shifts and then suddenly it's light so I can get ready in the morning. I'm like, no, I think it's crazy. (laughs) I would, I would rather it be light. I don't care if it stays dark until 8 a.m. Keep the dark later and let the light stay a little bit later in the day. Am I completely wrong? Uh, I mean, you can file an official complaint with the sun and see if it changes anything, but I don't really know what good this is going to do. Hey, if you guys are watching on YouTube, we're matching shirts today. And we did yep. not intend that. So. No. But we were anyway. too lazy to change for your benefit. So let's talk about movies. It's got nothing to do with anything. I'm sorry. It's just been <laughs> bugging me recently. Uh, all right. So in 1995. Pope John Paul, St. John Paul II, he uh, he celebrated the 100th anniversary of cinema by releasing a Vatican list of 45 important films or 45 great films or whatever it is that, you know, people call the list different things. Why now, this, is he so cool? <laughs> uh, he's, I, you know what, I, I feel like every now and then, because like, I don't have issues with anybody who's been Pope since like 500 years ago or a thousand years ago or whatever. But whenever somebody takes issue with someone from currently or 50 years ago, I'm always like, I think most of us are just like John Paul II was such a gift that we forget that not everybody is John Paul II. Like, that's how I I see it. But (laughs) some people are just normal. (laughs) Then, yeah, some people aren't John Paul II. Okay, that's just the way it is. Okay, so he comes out with this list. Comes out with this list. And the list of films, 45 films, it included 1959's Ben-Hur, 1946's It's a Wonderful Life. Haven't seen it. You haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life. That surprises me. I know, that's... (laughs) 
I've no, that's no, it's fine. <laughs> I just that surprises me. I um, hate to say it. I can't stand when people do the the what you haven't seen it. I'm like that devalues the person. They got other stuff to do <laughs> anyway. Um, 1982's Gandhi and 1993's Schindler's List. Have you seen either of those two? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Gandhi is really long, but. Uh, really well done. Um, and Schindler's List is a movie you do not watch when you are struggling with depression because it is a very intense movie about stuff that happened during World War II that yes. I'm going to be careful what I say in case children are listening. Um, so um, as I've mentioned before, uh, or as I've mentioned in my life, I should say, as we've talked about, um, as you mentioned before, much of our popular culture looks down upon being Catholic and I have wanted for a long time for there to be like Catholic movie companies and there aren't because we're too busy. Like, I don't know, with hospitals and schools <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. God, priorities. Catholic, the American Catholic Church is not throwing <laughs> its money behind cinema for some reason. But I, I do think that when we do get good Catholic films, when we do get great Catholic movies uh, or just movies that have Catholic themes or uh, accurately – presenting Catholic characters. I, I think it, I don't know, it really, I get excited. So let's talk about some of these movies. Let's dive into this. But um, so the first one I wrote down, because I know we both wrote some down, was uh, Lilies of the Field. And it's from 1963. It's uh, Sidney Poitier, an unemployed construction worker, stops at a remote farm to get water. And the farm is run by a German mother superior and some other uh, Eastern European Catholic sisters who speak very little English. Okay. Uh, and uh, the Mother Maria, she believes that the man was sent by God to build a much-needed chapel. And okay. frankly, it's just a great movie because the the man who comes to uh, – trying to remember what his name is – Homer Smith. He comes to – you know. And he just stops to get some water there because his car radiator is having issues. And the mother's like, well, I prayed for God to send us a man to help fix all this stuff. And here is a guy who is a contractor. And so he's going to do this. Right. And she kind of doesn't take no for an answer. And, and, you know, there are several times where he's like, he's like, I'm. I'm I'm a Baptist. What are you asking me to do this for? And she's like, it doesn't matter. Just come on in. And there's a great scene where a bunch of Mexican-American immigrants or they were I don't know when they came into the country or when the country came to them, depending on you got to read the history of America. Anyway, um, they are there. The Eastern European sisters are there. They're all Catholics and they're all working on something and they are arguing so intensely. They are arguing about. Well, how many stones to the height of the ceiling and how many how where's this and everything. And the Baptist who actually knows what he's doing is just sitting back smiling. And I thought that looks to me like a lot of parish council meetings, except oh. without the Baptist. That's, <laughs> it just looks like a lot of situations where you put a bunch of Catholics in a situation and we're all arguing. And I'm like, this was written 50 plus years ago, but it looks like it could be happening today. Still accurate. <laughs> but it's it's a fantastic movie with good characters. Yeah, that I, sounds like something I would enjoy. Yeah, I, you I would. I really like the old, um, like the, the old, old, Catholic movies. Yeah. And I know that there was a time where if you represented uh, a priest or a sister or a brother in film, it was with reference. And that's often not the case anymore. Um, As Fulton Sheen said in one of his last talks, 
he was saying that, you know, we've reached the end of Christendom, whatever. And he was saying it's not that we've reached the end of Christianity, but that we no longer are living in a culture that is built around the values of Christianity. And I agree with him. True. You know, you know it's hard for me to disagree with Fulton Sheen. He knew his stuff better than I yeah, did. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, sometimes we have to go back to these older movies to see the positive or accurate portrayals, but not always. So um, here's an old movie that I like. Yes. I confess. Oh, I want to see that so bad. I still Gotta haven't. see it. You can rent it on Amazon Prime. Um, I found it over there, but I actually own it on a DVD because I am from the past. And <laughs> so here's how it goes. Hold on. Because the movie's old or because it's a DVD? Which part DVD. puts you in the past? Okay, I couldn't tell. No, the okay. movie's old. So the movie's from 1953. And so here's how it goes. A man murdered someone and then he confesses it to a priest. And then he frames that priest for the murder. And so in the investigation that's going on, the officials are trying to like pressure the priest like to testify about what happened and the priest can't and he can't tell them why he can't like you know because that's also part of the seal of the confessional. You can't tell what you heard and you can't tell why you can't tell it. Um but it's just a really good movie. I guess I won't spoil the end because you really need to see Please it because don't because I want to see it and it I've been meaning to see it. Classic and it oh. is just one of my favorites um and it's just so so good about the unbreakable seal of confession which is under attack right now yeah um yeah and so i actually showed it i i I wouldn't show it to the younger kids because like there's a murder and so there's some gun violence in it um but i let my um my nine-year-old now watch it um because you know now he's receiving confession and sometimes he gets worried (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's gonna get in trouble when he goes to confession. Um, so I, I sat with, I had, I actually, my husband sat with him to watch it though, because some of the things like he needed explained to him. Um, you know, you don't want to just watch it without explaining things. But I think it's a really good movie for older kids. I mean, and just for adults, it's a really good reminder about the unbreakable seal of confession. Excellent movie. If you haven't seen it, you gotta. Oh, I was told years ago to see it, and I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, here's another one, 2011's There Be Dragons. Now, this is what I would call an okay movie, um, but okay. it's about it, – Disclaimer. Well, yeah. You know, if you're going into it thinking, oh, Tim recommended this movie. No, I said it's Catholic. I didn't say that it was a – like you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, that was so good. All right, um, okay. It's about St. Jose Maria Escriva sort of okay in that they take they take not 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 just his life but they take what's going on with like the spanish civil war and everything and they tell the story of everything that's going on through a fictional childhood friend through the lens of a fictional childhood friend um so that you see some of him you see a lot of this friend but it really does paint a fantastic picture of what was going on during this saint's life. And I think a lot of times we we learn maybe about the saint, but we don't necessarily understand what was going on. I think that's one of the things Uh I have found so appealing about St. John Paul II is that learning about what he went through, what was happening during his life related to World War II, related to communism, different issues that were happening and how they affected him. That helps me see this man and look at pictures of him and, you know, remembering seeing him in person and the joy. And I'm like, 
this man had all this joy and yet he went through all that and it gives me more yeah. context. Yeah. So um, I so think it's, it's like a, a historical fiction, like a kind of yes. like that genre. Yeah, and there is a when I read books, but there is a really good scene. I'm not going to spoil the whole movie, but I will say there's a really good scene where they're trying to smuggle Father Jose Maria out, and he doesn't want to leave, and they convince him to be smuggled out, and he's dressed not like a priest. He doesn't like that, but then as they're getting him out to the car, there are some rebels who find another priest and immediately just. He's gone. They just kill him right away. And there's no hesitation. There's no anything. It's you're a priest. You're gone. Wow, and yeah. the reality of that world, I think, helps me to understand St. Jose Maria a little bit better. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. Here's another one. Um, the Scarlet and the Black. This is from 1983. Um, it's in, I just found out today it's included on Amazon Prime, which is awesome because I haven't seen this movie in years and I want to see it again. So I'm not going to tell you the ending because I don't remember it because it's been that long since I've seen it. Um, oh. So this isn't a movie that I would show to kids. Um, it's about a priest who, like, crosses the Nazis. And so the right. Nazis vow to kill him the next time he steps out of the Vatican. So he lives in the Vatican. And they said, like, if you come out here, you're done for. And it, it's really I really love this because it showed his his bravery, like in the face of evil. Um, so he kind of like taunts them like he comes out in the open within the walls of the Vatican. Um, and then he starts like sneaking out in disguises, um, et cetera. So it's, it really shows his courage and his, his bravery um, as a Catholic priest, um, you know, in the time of, of the Second World War. But again, it's been years since I've seen it, so I don't remember the ending. We're just going to have to watch it to find out. But I remember always loving um, this movie. For the record, really? I, I, Lilies of the Field I mentioned earlier is available on Amazon Prime. That's how I rewatched oh, it recently. Yeah. So I'm gonna uh, look it up. wait, so was that is that a, a, a fictional priest or a real priest? Mm. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I was of the understanding that it's fictional, but okay. I mean, I absolutely might be. And maybe they drew from different things. I don't know. Based on a real, you know, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not familiar with it. Um, another one I have is The Mission from 1986. Now, this movie actually was on or is on that Vatican list of uh, 45 movies oh, okay. that are considered important. Um, it's, you know, and I know you don't know actors, but it's it's Robert De Niro and Liam Neeson and Jeremy Irons, all of whom are big actors. And it's Robert De Niro in 1986 when he was like the world's biggest movie star. And the um, the movie is about uh, 18th century Spanish Jesuits trying to protect uh, a remote South American tribe in danger of falling under the rule of pro-slavery Portugal. Um and it's it's really good. And I would be hesitant to show it to children, because even though it is it's, it would depend on the age of the child and how they understand. I, I like to put it this way. It's there's some violence. There's plenty of violence. Um, and then there is also some appropriate nudity in the way of National Geographic type thing where okay. they would show people in their natural habitat. So it's not inappropriate it is culturally appropriate um and again 
it was on the Vatican list of important films. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but here's something's interesting. So I mentioned There Be Dragons and then now The Mission. Both of these were directed by a guy named Roland Joff or Joffy. I don't know how names work. I know how they work. I don't know how to pronounce things. Um, <laughs> and this Roland guy describes himself as a wobbly atheist, or at least he did as of a few years ago. Oh, whatever that means. I don't or I'm sorry, a wobbly agnostic. Um, okay. And I, I think I think that means he's like, I'm agnostic, but I might go this way. I don't know what he means, really. I shouldn't speculate. Um, and when asked about it by a Catholic publication in, in sorry, in 2011, he said, I think that the term faith is badly misused. It has become shorthand for not thinking. I don't think that's what faith is. It seems to me that faith is an ongoing process of discovery that requires an inordinate amount of thinking and involves profound questions, especially about what life means. It comes and goes, and it has an important rational component. My generation became dismissive of anything that wasn't scientifically explainable and headed toward a kind of scientism, which is really only a method, not a meaning that's reductive. It seems to me that faith is a much braver question. So I just hmm. thought it was interesting that this guy who doesn't know, you know, who struggles with whether or not he could be a, a person of faith. And he has made two very faith centered movies, at least two that I was able to, to find, um, one of which is, like I said, on this Vatican list. Right. And that that uh, he still had that to say. And I thought that's that's kind of cool. That's kind of powerful. So, yeah, yeah. Deep thoughts on faith from from an, that's showing that he's he's thinking and he, he cares about the question. So that's cool. It's hard to it's hard to fault someone who is genuinely thinking and pondering faith. It Absolutely, really is. Yeah. Um, OK, so there's another movie I have here. It's called Henry Pool is here. It's from 2008. It is so cheesy, but it is so worth watching. It is fun. Um, it's shortly after this depressed man moves into a new house. Um, suddenly something appears on the outside wall and a Catholic neighbor genuinely believes that it's the face of Christ. And this man has serious doubts. He's incredibly skeptical. And it's just kind of about the journey he goes on. Um, there's a comedian, actor, former talk show host named George Lopez, and his portrayal of the local parish priest I wish the whole movie was that because one, it's an actual positive and, you know, relatable parish priest. And you don't, like I said before, you don't see that very often. And at the same time, you know, he's, uh, yeah, no, he's related. That's what I wanted to say is that he's relatable and that um, it's it's an accurate portrayal of of a parish priest. And he's very compassionate and he's trying to, you know, uh, be rational and reasonable. But, he, uh, you know, he's also trying to take a leap of faith and he's trying to it's just, it's just the, his scenes are great. That's um, good. I get so mad when the Catholics in, in films are like <laughs> These are not what Catholics are usually yeah. like. Like that makes me so mad. Yeah. So that's always and good I to hear a good portrayal. I would say the plot is fairly thin, but the character, <laughs> well, and and that happens with some yeah, movies. You don't sure. need a, a super complex plot, um, but the characters are worth watching. Um, 
Luke Wilson, who plays Henry, uh, he plays a person who is struggling so well. And if you've ever struggled with depression or you've ever struggled with uh, a crisis of faith or any sort of thing, there'll be a degree to which you can relate to this guy. He seems legitimately human, unlike some movie portrayals. All right. What do we have next? All right. So next, um, let's see. I want to talk about the movie Don Bosco. That's from 1988. It's available. I actually found it on Formed. So you can watch it on Formed. Another one of my favorites. Um, This one, I think it was originally shot like in Italian or something. So it's dubbed over in English. So if you don't like that, I'm warning you now. But it is it's always been one of my favorite movies because Don Bosco has always been one of my favorite saints. Um, And he has this compassion like this. He's so compassionate and so loving to these boys. Um, And I mean, he was in real life. And it just comes across so well in the movie. Like they did an amazing job um, just showing that, showing how he transforms the lives of these boys just by loving them and teaching them and being welcoming to them. Um, And the actor, I think, I mean, I don't have any clue who it is, but I think he kind of even looks like John Bosco too. Um, And that's something that I really love because I just love, like I love John Bosco's face. I love John Paul II's face. Like you can see their love for you in their face, like when you see their faces. So I thought it was kind of neat that the actor kind of looked at um, a little bit like him. Um, Again, this is not one that I'm quite ready to show to my kids because there's like some um, themes that I'd like them to be older before they see it. But I really, really love this movie for the way that it portrayed Don Bosco's just kindness and love. So excellent movie. If you haven't seen it, get on formed and go see it. Yeah, I just looked up the guy. I, he's an Italian actor I've never heard of. So, um, yeah, Flavio Insigne. Insigne, Insigne. I, I don't, don't even know American actors, so just I, forget it. Well, that's the thing is I thought if you might not know him, but there's a there, there's a better chance I would know him than you would know him. That's why I thought I'd give it a look. And I've actually seen that that movie is unformed, but I have not watched it yet. So I will give that one uh, a look. Um So uh, there's another movie, and this is actually fairly recent. So it's a movie called Silence from 2016. Um, So this one actually had its premiere at the Vatican. Um, It was something. Yeah, uh, it was a pretty big deal because Martin Scorsese, who directed it, um, he's known for being, you know, your kind of cliche Italian Catholic, except as a film director, he has made some very non-Catholic films, including one he made about 30 years ago that got him in a little bit of hot water with the Vatican. Uh And so after this came out, um, he said that was kind of like he finally felt like he was home and that he finally felt a little bit of redemption in that his work was something the church was holding up as as worth doing as opposed to something that was being told to av- Catholics were being told to avoid but mm-hmm. silence is great um a lot of movies apparently about jesuit missionaries because there were a lot of jesuit missionaries but this is an insanely powerful and not very easy movie to sit through um because it is about Jesuit missionaries going into Japan at a time when Christianity was becoming illegal again, 
or had become illegal. Um, And this was early. So this was uh, after Francis Xavier had been there and then Christianity took a a small foothold. And then it was, nope, we uh, and we're going to kill priests because we don't want Christianity we're going to force people to step on images of the Blessed Mother as a way of denouncing their faith. Um, and so it's very powerful. Um, and it also has three fairly big name actors in it, including uh, Andrew Garfield, who up until a few years ago was Spider-Man. So that's not nothing. Uh, and uh, gosh, now I'm totally you blank. my face. <laughs> Um, I'm totally blanking on the name of the other guy right That's now. That's okay, because I don't even know the names of the actors or even the names that they play as the main characters in most of the movies that I'm telling you. There you go. Well, the, the other, I'm just trying to point out that the other guy, um, I mean, he was the bad guy in the last three Star Wars movies. So he's not, okay. he's not a no-name actor. These are not, these are, this is one of the biggest names in terms of directors and these are some big so and it is a very catholic movie so um what else do we have cool very cool um how about joan of arc from 1999 i don't know there's been a lot of joan of arc movies and my kids like the old like the black and white one that's like really super cheesy yeah they of, love of course they do they're your kids that makes sense <laughs> and i actually kind of like i was looking up the silent one have you seen like the silent film Joan of Arc. No, there's a silent Joan of Arc. (laughs) (laughs) And I swear I've seen it. Like I was playing the trailer and I swear I've seen it. I was like, I think I've seen this and I loved it. But anyways, the one from 1999 was one that I watched like over and over as a kid. So I got to show this one uh, to my kids. They haven't seen it yet because um, I I was just a little hesitant. Like um, the burning at the stake scene is pretty burning at the stake you know it's a little different watching something like in black and white and it doesn't really have the very good um you know it doesn't look so realistic but this powerful burning at the stake scene um which i i mean i think is really important to get that right with the story of joan of arc but anyways i loved watching this a lot as a kid because it really does an excellent job of showing like how fierce and how powerful and how determined Joan is like you got to get Joan right she's not like this nammy pammy little country girl <laughs> like she was fierce she went into battle um and I I mean at least as a kid this was always my opinion that this movie portrayed her really well it's also informed so you yeah. can go watch it Unformed. Um, I definitely think you should. I promised my nine-year-old that he can see it soon. So I would show it to him. I probably wouldn't show it to younger kids. Um, but I just really, really enjoyed it. It's super long. <laughs> oh, and I keep forgetting. You keep mentioning where things are. You know, I know you can rent the mission on YouTube. That's something. Okay. The Henry Pool is here. You can get on on uh, Amazon Prime. Um, silence, you can get at my local library. So that's something. Um, that's where I... <laughs> It's not going to be all come visit your library. There you go. Um, Anyway. um, Yeah, there's uh, so also got to bring up the 2004 Passion of the Christ, which um, most of us have seen or a lot of us have seen. It's it's kind of a big deal that came out at all. Um, But apparently so John Paul II had a private screening um, of the movie in January 2004 which, of course, was not too long before, you know, he passed away. Um, and his reaction to the film was to say it is as it was, meaning that the Pope believed that the the film was an accurate depiction of the last 12 hours of Christ's life. So what, what I think is interesting 
you've mentioned several times, well, let's maybe hesitate to show kids this one or that one, you know, and obviously really hesitate to show kids this, you know, brutal R rated movie. Um, I find it challenging whether it's we're reading Bible stories or whether it's we're showing the movies about saints, like there's a lot of brutality in the history of the church in a lot of persecution. Um, my daughter really loves St. Perpetua and that does not end well. And it, yeah. my daughter has seen a video and likes to reenact that video. Not the, luckily not the brutal things. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have shown her that that was not, you know, but she doesn't see the, that as anything negative or fearful, but I'm always a little hesitant when showing things, or I'm always extra discerning, I should say, when showing um, my children or when I'm interested in showing my children something because or reading specific stories out of out of scripture. Um, there was one recently where my daughter handed me a kid's Bible and said, oh, read this story. And I looked at it and it's like, oh, well, this is uh, Abraham sending Ishmael away. And then Ishmael's like, I want to go home, but we can never go home. I'm like, I'm not reading that before bedtime. That's not happening. Um, and so I know, I'm kinda... glad that you bring up this caution because um, I personally feel that when this movie came out, when I saw it, um, that I, I was too young when I saw it. And it really like just the intensity of that experience and not even just like the brutal violence, but the whole emotional significance of like, this is God. And like, I did this by my sins. Like kids know that we teach our kids that as Catholics, um, it was too much for me. And, um, I had to go many years before I could see it again and handle it. Um, you not, not only visually, but emotionally. So I do think it is good to caution parents, like you do not have to show your kids the passion just because it's about Jesus. Like wait until they are emotionally and, and spiritually and, and mature enough so that they're ready to handle it. But I think that's, you know, it's very good to have that caution and discern for your kids. And and just a, an affirmation of any parents who might be struggling to figure this out is it's okay to discern for yourself what your kids are ready for. You know, we've talked about this before about how you have to take what is that individual child's personality? What are they ready to, to handle? Um, also, obviously, what is their age? But a variety of different things. What is their maturity level? So there's there's all kinds of different things that you as a parent get to make that decision and don't let other parents pressure you into making that decision or don't be like a certain teacher at my grade school who decided to show an R-rated movie to a bunch of 11 and 12 year olds, whatever. Anyway, uh, without parent permission, that did not go over so well with certain yeah. people. Um, but it's important to be that discerning factor rather than just say, oh, everybody's watching this and therefore I'll show it to my kids. So if you're at all saying, oh, I don't know if my kid's ready for that, trust your judgment, trust yeah. your gut. There are obviously a ton more movies we could talk about, but maybe you guys can so leave us a time. comment with some of your favorites. If we missed your favorite Catholic movies, let us know either over on YouTube, leave a comment or on social media. And uh, we will try to put that Vatican list in uh, comment sections and up on social media if we get a chance. <laughs> if we get <laughs> That a would be my job. I will do that. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Creating more work for you.
but thank you everybody for listening and watching. If you could subscribe, leave a like, whatever you can do, we appreciate it. YouTube, wherever, audio, podcast, we just, we appreciate you all so much. Thank you. Anyway, Sarah, where can people find you? Tojesussincerely.com is my website or on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Tojesussincerely. Okay. Now, you can find me at chaselove.org and uh, chaselove, at the chaselove, whatever, on social media. Joke. I want to get to the thing. <laughs> All right. So if you want guests to leave, just lay down bubble wrap everywhere. Okay. And then when they step on it and some kid wakes up, just look at them and be like, well, okay, you did that. And then throw them out for overstaying their welcome. You'll have a very justifiable reason for kicking them out. And remember, you're never alone. <laughs>